Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. There's only one official strategy guide to Street Fighter 2. One place to learn the crushing combos. One place to master the killer throws. One place to analyze the awesome attacks. One place to study the special techniques. Announcing the all-new official strategy guide for Street Fighter 2 from the Masters of Menace Game Pro Magazine. Look for it this fall and discover a whole new way to get your kicks. Always far, far too frothy. Far too frothy. <laughs> it's just John Smith's for you, isn't it? Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers. Episode 91, about a game released in 1991. It's almost like we planned it, but we didn't, because we are not that organised. Uh, I'm Morgan, joined as ever by my cap comrade, it's Tom. Hello. This time around, we're venturing back into the world of video games to revisit a true classic of the genre... Estimated to have grossed over $10 billion in total revenue, it was one of the top three highest grossing video games of all time as of 2017, second only to Space Invaders and Pac-Man, and was the best-selling fighting game up until 2019, when it was outsold by <sighs> Super Smash Brothers. Uh, uh, does that count? Does that count? I don't think it counts. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess. Fine. It's frequently hailed as one of the greatest video games of all time, and in particular the most important and influential fighting game ever made, with its success inspiring copycats like Mortal Kombat, which we covered back in episode 42, and the combat mechanics in games like Streets of Rage 2, that's episode 74 of this podcast for all you completists. It is, of course, Street Fighter 2. So coming up, the original scrapped sequel to Street Fighter that came before Street Fighter 2, Ooh. How a single typo led to a mass hoax amongst fans And how one Street Fighter character featured on a UK number one single Oh <laughs> now, you Intriguing, love, you, you, you've intrigued me You love, you love your <laughs> charts, don't you, famously yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that's all to come So, uh, Tom, memories uh, of Street Fighter 2? If any <sighs> Gotta got say, I got, I got, yeah. I got, I got to say, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. What, yeah. Once no, again, again, again. Um, I don't know if I was just too of a <laughs> good little boy, but I, I didn't. I the only, I think I probably said this in the Mortal Kombat one. The only like fighting game, or yeah, the only fighting game I had was Tekken Two. Mm. Um. Uh, so maybe we should do an episode on that one day because I can actually talk about that one. Definitely, but definitely, I never, yeah. definitely do a Tekken episode. But I mean, don't don't try and play off like you're young, like you're so young that like the first <laughs> fighting game you ever played was Tekken. Like you're no, it just passed me by both Mortal Kombat and the Street Fighter games. I don't I don't know if it was just um, yeah, just no, don't really know much about it. But I am looking forward as ever for you to um, to teach me. Why it's become such a beloved franchise? Well, you say that, but I've got about twelve pages of notes here, so you, <laughs> by the end, you'll be sick of hearing about it. So I, I have fond memories of this one. I would, I would rent the console version uh, for the Mega Drive from my local VHS rental store. Yes, the one with the flumps. Um, cats, yeah, cats. Good, they yeah. also, yeah, because they also had video games to rent. Um, but I also remember playing it at the arcade on the Cornish seafront mm. because uh, Street Fighter 2, or to use its full title, Street Fighter 2 The World Warrior, didn't know it, um, was developed by Capcom and originally released for arcade systems on the 6th of February 1991. I do that on purpose now. Since you pointed it out, I do that little uptick in my voice <laughs> just, just before I queue up a clip. Classic Street Fighter 2 theme there, composed by Yoko Shimamura, just 24 years old at the time. Sickening. It's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll never achieve anything anything like that. I'll never compose the theme tune to Street Fighter 2. <laughs> um, but what I find really interesting is when you... Uh, I, you don't really realise this as a kid when you go to those arcade 
games because at the time they were just miles ahead of what you could get on on your home console mm. but it's only because I didn't realise until much later on. It's because those machines are massive. That's that's why they can fit everything fit everything in. It's like I remember thinking at the time, why can't I play this at home? I don't understand why why I've got to come to like the slots in Tower Park in Pool to just to play this. Ridiculous. And I've already already explained the only game I used to like was Virtua. Te- no, was it? Yeah, Virtua Tennis Two. I think it was. That was the one I used to go for. Playing yeah. as Tim Hemman back in the day. When um when you first set, you know, tried to explain why you never played Street Fighter, I thought you were going to say maybe I was just too cool. But then you just oh no. But no, Virtua Tennis. That was that was your yeah. patch. Um. <laughs> so Street Fighter Two was a sequel to the less iconic Street Fighter. Uh, which was the first competitive fighting game produced by Capcom and released in 1987. The first game was devised by video game designer, director and producer Takashi Nishiyama, credited as Piston Takashi, uh, who had designed the beat-em-up game Kung Fu Master in 1984. Nishiyama had the idea of taking the boss fights element of a beat-em-up game and making that the focus of a game. So, you know, games like Streets of Rage, you get to the end of a level... There's the boss fight, the kind of one-on-one fight. He wanted to make mm. that the whole game. Though, so was this like the, the, the first to do this sort of thing then? Well, you, do you know what? It's almost like you can see my notes. You can't. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can barely see them, to be honest. I've had... <laughs> it took us a little while to set up this episode. We had a few technical issues. So I've had a few beers, so I can barely see my notes. But um, no, though it wasn't the first game of this type. Uh, the first fighting game was the arcade game Heavyweight Champ in 1976. Um, but Street Fighter 2 sort of kick-started and defined a new era of fighting games. It was like the first of the modern fighting games. Mm. Uh, so the films of Bruce Lee, episode 40 of Two Geeks, Two Beers, um, was also an influence on the original Street Fighter, in particular the plot of 1972's Game of Death, which pits Bruce against a series of different adversaries, each with a different skill set, and the look and feel of 1973's Enter the Dragon, a film centred around an international fighting tournament, uh, with the game's plot seeing megalomaniac dictator M. Bison, leader of the nefarious Shadaloo organisation, Shadaloo, um, he sets up his own tournament uh, to help him recruit the world's best fighters, who he plans to brainwash and make do his bidding. Uh, so t- two things from there. One, mm-hmm. you say a- a- adversaries. I normally say adversaries, I think. Um, and two... Mm. You know, you don't hear megalomaniac. I can't even say it. Megalomaniac enough. Do you? you don't. You really don't. No. 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 That's the should be. In real life, you don't really get that. No. <laughs> it's, it's what was what? Adversaries is fine. I think both adversaries and adversaries are like <laughs> both are both are fine. What was the word I couldn't say? What was the word? When? I, in a previous what, podcast. Recently? Yeah. Oh, what was the word? Um, what was the word I couldn't say? Oh, I remember. There's been a few. We'll cut. <laughs> Look, you're the one who can't <laughs> fucking speak. Given that no, I make up words. <laughs> That's what uh, I do. Um, Jeopardy. Jeopardy's the word I can't say. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> did you just do? Did you do that there on purpose? No. It's just I can't. I can't help it. It's like Jeopardy. A... Say it again. It's no R after the P. Jeopardy. That just sounds wrong to me. Jeopardy. <laughs> Je- Jeopardy. Yeah, Jeopardy. Alex it's not Jeopardy. Alex Trebek hosts Jeopardy. It just sounds wrong. Yeah. Well, it's like technically it should be February, but no one says that. Mm. <laughs> great, great. Good story, bro. Anyway, next. <laughs> so the original, the original Street Fighter featured just two playable characters: uh, the young Japanese martial artist Ryu and his former partner and current rival Ken. Um, I've heard of, I've heard of these guys. I've yeah. heard of these guys. Uh, so as one of these two characters, players faced computer-controlled characters, including Sagat, the Emperor of Muay Thai, who served as the game's final opponent. Uh, Ryu and Ken share the same set of special attacks, including the Hadouken, a blast of oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, a blast of spirit energy. Uh, the name literally meaning wave motion fist, uh, and inspired by an energy attack called Haduho, uh, or the wave motion gun from the 1970s anime Space Battleship Yamato. Uh, their other moves included a special uppercut called Shoryuken. Uh, which translates as Rising Dragon Punch, and a spinning kick called the Tatsumaki, or Tornado. I love that that two-second video has had 750,000 views. 
I, uh, I, you, you don't think where you, you don't actually know what someone's saying, but you kind of try and translate it in your in in your brain. I, I always heard that as sidestep world kick. I, so when I when I was a kid, I always thought he was saying a sidestep world kick. Um, <laughs> although as as a, a comment on that YouTube video points out, it actually sounds like a man saying uh, like a Scottish man saying the knives are broken. Listen, listen, go back and listen to it back. Hang on, I'm listening. I'm listening yeah, again now. Yeah. <laughs> the knives are broken. <laughs> Yeah. It really does. It really... It's like groundskeeper Willie having a really, really a bad day. Uh, uh, so there was almost a sequel to Street Fighter before Street Fighter Two. Uh, Capcom beat 'em up Final Fight, which was released in 1989, began development as a Street Fighter sequel under the title of Street Fighter '89. But the original plan to have Ryu and Ken feature as the game's protagonists was later scrapped in favour of a new plot and original characters. Though Akira Yasuda, uh, who was a designer on Street Fighter 2 alongside Akira Nishitani, also worked on Final Fight. Uh, although I, I hadn't heard of this game, and looking at it, to me, looks more like a precursor to Streets of Rage, uh, funnily enough, a game I love, uh, which came out two years later. I like that. Obviously, you can't see, but um, when he's when that guy is attacking someone, the mm. character name appears, mm. saying, "Oh, you're you're beating up a bloke called Hollywood," and then when he hits hits like a dustbin, it replaces it with dustbin, <laughs> like, <laughs> like like he's attacking the dustbin. It's like, oh, his power's going down. Very good. Very very detailed. <laughs> so, uh, so Street Fighter Two uh, took two years to develop. And cost roughly 2.5 million dollars to produce, equivalent to uh, 4.8 million dollars today. It featured improved graphics, taking advantage of Capcom's CPS arcade chipset for all you nerds out there, with highly detailed characters and stages. And it improved many of the concepts introduced in the first game, offering players a wider selection of playable characters, each with their own fighting style. So Street Fighter 2 brought back Ryu and Ken. <laughs> Sorry, I've just noticed that my autocorrect has, has changed that to uh, Ryan and Ken uh, <laughs> on my notes. Nothing uh, wrong with that. Uh, Ryu and Ken. It brought back Ryu and Ken, uh, but introduced six new characters of different nationalities. So it was a diverse cast. Uh, so in the original version of the single-player tournament, uh, the player faces off against the other seven main fighters before proceeding to the final opponents, which are four non-selectable CPU-controlled boss opponents known as the Shadaloo bosses, which included Sagat from the original game. So the cast mm -hmm. of playable characters included the Japanese sumo wrestler E. Honda, uh, whose most famous special attack was the Hundred Hand Slap. Uh, a, fl a flurry of thrusting palm strikes which move faster than the eye can see projecting an after image of the user possessing multiple arms now this was one of those moves that you know in all in all fighting games you know, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat Tekken there's certain moves that if you just like like um, smash the buttons and like ca yeah. and like catch someone in in this yeah. in one particular move they're just like there's no skill involved but the other no. your opponent is just fucked and and the the 100 hand slap is a classic example where if you get someone in a 100 hand slap and just keep <laughs> pressing the button like you're like ah just like keep slapping them like you just you could just get a perfect but always, score but always made me laugh when i used to get those um like um you know game magazines and yeah. it would tell you the um the the the, uh, the, the combos the routine yeah. the combo that's it <laughs> so the, root the routine the routine <laughs> um yeah you dweeb um yeah, they had the combo, but it would have like fourteen different things you've got to press. Like yeah. by the time I've done that, it's like thirty seconds has passed. It's like right, circle, square, <laughs> left. You meant to do that that, that quick? I think anyone you just 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 mashing buttons. It's just, just hope for the best. Yeah, no, it's like uh, no, I agree with you. I I just used to mash the buttons. I I didn't go so far as to learn the routine. Um, <laughs> so another, I've I've told you my problem with biting controllers before on this show, haven't I? I don't know if you have. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me again, and if it's old news, we'll just. No, it out. it's just if if you were if throughout the time of me having any kind of games console, if you look look at my even now, if you look at um uh, the controller, mm. you'll see bite marks on the side, because if I if I'm playing a game which it's normally a game like that or like a racing game mm. or something where you can lose or die really easily, 
the rage gets to the point where I've got to do something. I don't want to throw the controller or yeah. anything like that. So I just have to just bite the controller. It's the only option I've got. I regret it instantly, obviously. Mm. But you know, this 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 uh, this reminds me. This puts me in mind of. Uh, a, a, a night out that me and Tom had where we both got very drunk and then on, on the way home um, the, the, co- the, uh, the cash previous, ma- I? The, cash, yeah. the cash machine ate your card um, and you were so furious that you then bit your phone and broke your phone it was like the worst night out of all time uh, anyway I had to spend like a hundred quid getting the screen replaced and you didn't even time. have your card um, so another another character I sound like I've got problems yeah, funny that. Another character in Street Fighter 2 is, is Blanca, uh, a mutant creature with green skin raised in the Brazilian yeah. jungle with a power to generate electricity. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. There's also the ex-US Air Force Special Forces operative Guile, uh, whose special attacks include the Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. Uh, a rapidly spinning crescent-shaped wave of spirit force, or key force, uh, produced by a quick arm motion. I always wonder why... At, this applies to a lot of the characters in Street Fighter 2. Why do they have to say the name of their special move when they did the special move? He always goes, Sonic Boom. Why does Ryu have to say, why does Ryu have to say, Hadouken? Like, is that, is that part of it? Is that part of, like, the magic? Never really, never really explored or explained. Um, what if your, your famous move was just kicking someone up the arse or in the testicles? You're just, like, <laughs> kicking the balls. You just have to say every time you do it. Kicking the balls! Kicking the balls! Um... And another character was uh, was was Chinese Interpol officer Chun Li. Uh, her special attacks included the spinning bird kick, which inspired Chun Li's spinning bird kick, the instrumental B side to Arctic Monkeys' number one single. I bet you look good on the dance floor. There you go. Yeah. Uh, professional wrestler Zangief from the Soviet Union. Uh, he was also a, a part of the cast and. The fire-breathing Indian yoga master Dal Sim uh, completed the uh, pl- list of playable characters. Uh, and then you had, in the original version of Street Fighter 2, you had four non-playable CPU-exclusive bosses, uh, which included the American boxer Balrog, the vain Spanish bullfighter Vega, who wears a mask, sports a claw, and wants to eliminate ugly people from the world, uh, <laughs> Sagat, um, returning from the first game, his special attacks included the tiger uppercut, tiger uppercut, uh, and he laughs like Theresa May. Um, have you ever, oh. you ever seen that clip? Oh yeah, with, uh, yeah. The, with, with the with the shoulders, with the, yeah. sho- with the, the sho- shoulder movement, with the shoulders. Yeah. It's uncanny. He laughs yeah. exactly like Theresa May. Um, and M Bison, who uses a spiritual energy known as psycho power in battle. So now this this is confusing, especially after a few beers. So, the American boxer character was designed as a pastiche of Mike Tyson, and in the original Japanese release of Street Fighter 2 was named M. Bison, like M. Tyson. Uh, The mask-wearing bullfighter was called Balrog, and the big boss character was called Vega. However, when Street Fighter 2 was released overseas, they were worried that the boxer character's similarity to Mike Tyson could lead to a likeness infringement lawsuit, so the names were all switched about. So the boxer became Balrog, the bullfighter became Vega, and the big boss became M. Bison. So M. M Bison is named after Mike Tyson. Very silly. Um, Very silly indeed. Uh, So (laughs) Street Fighter 2 also introduced, or at least popularised, the concept of combo moves which oh, right. from now on I'm always going to I'm always going to think of as, as routines uh, uh, it popularised the concept of combo moves in, in fighting games uh, whereby one special move could follow another seamlessly although this was included entirely by accident it wasn't by design but something that producer Norotaka Funamizu noticed while performing a bug check uh, he said I noticed something strange curious we saw that during the punch timing it was possible to add a second hit and so on I thought this was something impossible to make useful inside a game as the timing balance was so hard to catch. Like you say, really, really hard to do. Um, so we decided to leave the feature as a hidden one. The most interesting thing is that this became the base for future titles. Later, we were able to make the timing more comfortable and the combo into a real feature. Good. <laughs> so, as in the original game, uh, Street Fighter 2 sees the player engage opponents in one-on-one combat in a series of best two out of three matches set to a time limit. If both opponents knock each other out at the same time or the timer runs out with both fighters having an equal amount of life left, a double KO or draw game is declared and in the original game at least, up to ten additional rounds will be played until sudden death. 
If there's no clear winner by the end of the final round, either the computer-controlled opponent will win by default in a single-player match, or both fighters will lose in a two-player match. And after every third match in the single-player mode, there is also... It's not as complicated as I'm making it sound. After every third match in the single-player mode, there is also a bonus stage for additional points where you smash up cars, barrels, and oil drums. And then between each match, a world map is seen uh, showing the participants' home stages. So when the upcoming match and its location have been chosen, an airplane moves across the map and a dramatic voiceover announces the location. And this is one of those things that has bit into my history, Tom, uh, in, a sense, in a sense of if I hear the name of a country, I will often hear it in, in, like, in Street Fighter 2 mode. So, so some of the best ones... Um, uh, Sagat is from Thailand. Every time I hear Thailand, I hear it like that. Thailand. Uh, no one says this anymore, obviously, but uh, Zangief is from USSR. Can't can't help but think of it like that. And then and then Blanca is from Brazil. Oh wait, so it's it's those. I don't know why it's those three in particular. Thailand, USSR, Brazil. Um, I mean. Brazil is almost like Vin Diesel saying it in um. <laughs> I thought that yeah. This is why we're friends. In that the the two the two ways in which I I you know if I hear Brazil I think of Brazil from Street Fighter Two and then Vin Diesel in Fast Five saying this is Brazil. Um, both iconic in their own ways. You're a long way from home. This is Brazil! So at the end of each match, a graphic appears with the winner gloating and mocking the loser. Each character has several different win quotes uh, that they dish out, sort of like post-match tough talk, uh, including a fan favourite, which is Giles, go home and be a family man. Uh, (laughs) What a weird thing to say. But like... (laughs) Is this, you know, like Mortal Kombat, they kill them at the end of a fight. Is it like that on this? Or is it more of a kind of, we've just had a fight? Just sort of rough them up a bit. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, there's no like ripping skulls out of, of skin and all that kind of Let, stuff. Less so, like, weirdly, like, people get set on fire, but because there's like the kind of supernatural element to it, it's like you weren't really set on fire. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. You, you know, you're most with a black eye and a, and a split lip, but you're mostly okay. Tom's is very entertained by uh, <sighs> Fei Long's defeated face. <laughs> pained expression. Um... <sighs> So the problem was, though, in the original version of the game, several of these uh, post-match screens featuring these win quotes uh, included errors. So one of Ryu's gloats was supposed to be, you must defeat my dragon punch to stand a chance. But this was mistranslated somehow uh, for the US arcade release as, you must defeat Sheng Long to stand a chance. Uh, This led to a... (laughs) Was the response, um, at least I can spell, bitch. (laughs) This led to a conspiracy theory and later a widespread hoax that there was a hidden character in Street Fighter 2 called Sheng Long. Oh. Uh, though this was not true, two characters were introduced in later Street Fighter games inspired by the fictional Sheng Long. Uh, that being Ryu and Ken's martial arts master, Guken, and his evil brother, Akuma. Uh, <laughs> there was also a typo originally in M. Bison's quote, in which rather than telling his opponents to get lost, he told them to get lose. Um, <laughs> get lose. You can't compare with my powers. Get lose. Um, and when you completed the game, uh, you would then be treated to a series of animated slides revealing what was next for your character. You know, that classic, like, I've won the tournament. Here's what here's what happens now. Uh, including this one from Chun-Li, who had gone into the tournament to avenge her father's death at the hands of M. Bison. So, um... I'm just going to share this with you now, Tom, and I'd like to get your your immediate response okay. to uh, to Chun Li's original ending in Street Fighter Two. <laughs> can you can you just can you just describe for those who might not be familiar? 
Okay, so the top screen, she's um, well, at her dad's grave or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where she's you know wearing all her um, Street Fighter uniform and everything, and she's praying, saying, "Finally, you can rest in peace." Dot dot dot. And then it skips to the next bit where she's got out into different clothes. She's got like little denim shorts and um, like a bra, I guess, a yellow bra. And she's like, and I can get back to being a young single girl. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Wow. Um, it was the 90s. So as, it was the 90s. It was the very, very early 90s. Um, so as well as being the first example of the modern fighting game, Street Fighter 2 changed the face of arcade gaming in that it shifted the competitive dynamic from obtaining the highest score, like you would on you know, Space Invaders, um, to winning games directly against other human players, paving the way for the competitive multiplayer and deathmatch modes found in modern action games. In fact, Doom co-creator John Romero cites the competitive multiplayer of Street Fighter 2 as an influence on the deathmatch mode of that game. Uh, Street Fighter 2 was not immediately successful in Japan uh, as most arcade players were initially playing solo uh, rather than multiplayer as was originally intended but after the Japanese arcade magazine Gamist uh, began publishing articles informing readers about the battle play feature the game began gaining considerable popularity in Japanese arcades. Uh, Street Fighter 2 was similarly successful in the Western world. In the United States the game was... uh, Pretty immediately successful with individual arcade machines earning $1,300 to $1,400 per week uh, and Street Fighter 2 alone forming 60% of the entire coin-op arcade market. So of of all the arcade games that were out there, 60% of the profits were coming from Street Fighter 2. In the UK, between 1991 and 1993, Street Fighter 2 generated an estimated annual revenue of £260 million, which now translates to about 9.1... I've put here 9.1 billion. That can't be right. What? Inf- in- inflation inflation can't have gone up that much, can it? Has <laughs> it? Well, we, we are very old now, so, you know... So maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> look, it up, look, look it up yourselves. I can't be bothered to, to, to fact-check that. Uh, Street Fighter 2 became the best-selling title since the golden age of arcade gaming. Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong... Uh, some 15 to 20 years prior, and it's widely seen as being responsible for revitalising the arcade video game industry in the early 1990s to a level of popularity not seen since the early 1980s, and it remains Capcom's best-selling game software on a single platform through to the present day. It also won rave reviews and uh, many awards, including Game of the Year at 1992's Golden Joystick Awards, uh, in the same year, Entertainment Weekly wrote that, sure, it's violent, people can be set on fire, but Street Fighter 2 offers a depth of play unmatched by any other video game slugfest. Uh, interesting that you mentioned you know, having to go to the arcade to play this, because actually in 1992, the game became available on the SNES. Uh, it's released boosting sales of the console, and this version featured a secret code which allowed both players to control the same character in a match, with player two having an alternate colour palette, which was not possible in the original arcade version. 1992 also saw the game arrive on the Amiga, the Atari ST, the Commodore 64, the ZX Spectrum, and on the PC across three floppy disks. Uh, and throughout the 90s, uh, it was ported to the Game Boy, the Master System, the Sega Saturn, and the PlayStation. Uh, most recently, a version of Street Fighter 2 was made available for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Windows PCs as part of the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection compilation. Uh, due to the game's major success, a series of updated versions offering additional features and characters were also released, another innovation at the time which has now become standard with practically all modern video games having patches and downloadable content. Uh, the first was, and I know you're a fan of a, a hyphen and a subtitle, Tom, famously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. The first was Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, uh, released to arcades in March 1992, which, like the SNES release, allowed same-character matches, uh, and it also allowed players for the first time to play as the four Shadowloo bosses, Balrog, Vega, Sagat, and M. Bison. Uh, December 1992, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting in December uh, increased the playing speed and introduced new special moves. Super Street Fighter 2 The New Challengers in September 1993 was a more dramatic overhaul featuring updated graphics and audio and introducing four new characters. Uh, T-Hawk, the indigenous warrior from Mexico, British SIS agent Kami, Hong Kong martial arts movie star Fei Long, and the kickboxing Jamaican musician DJ. Uh... <laughs> 
Of course. Okay, when I hear Cammy, I just think of Chris Kamara for one, so that's amazing. Um, spelled, and, spelled differently, but yeah. And then, yeah, DJ. Wasn't there one? Wasn't there a character in the Triple X, the new one, that was just a bloke who was a DJ and that he was part of the crew? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. It, that, yeah. Was, that was his skill. I think that was, <laughs> it was just so good on the decks he had to be on the team. I might be wrong. I might yeah. be remembering that wrong. One day, no, no, no. You're not. You're not misremembering. You're not. Remarkably, you're not. Like one day we will do an episode all about the Triple X franchise. Where in in the in the third film, uh, in the in the latest Triple X film, Vin Diesel like as, assembles a team of Triple X agents who are like so so extreme. That's their skill. Um, and, and Vin Diesel is like really good at extreme sports. But yeah, one of his team is just like really cool. That's his whole skill set. He's just like just like a DJ and like I think he's quite popular with women. And like that's like his that's like his whole skill. Yeah. And um, then and Neymar was there as well, wasn't he? Just as Neymar. He was just look, don't don't spoil it for when we do our triple X episode. Alright? So in, in February 1994, uh, you got Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo uh, which it's introduced turbo, isn't it? Like Power Rangers <laughs> Turbo. It's always a turbo. Give me another example outside <laughs> of those two. <laughs> Bet you can't. Sherlock Holmes Turbo. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to see it. Uh, so Super Street Fighter Two Turbo introduced powered-up special moves called Super Combos, Super Routines, um, and added the aforementioned Akuma as a new hidden character. Uh, this was the final Street Fighter 2 release for the arcades until the anniversary release Hyper Street Fighter 2 in 2003. This is like, um, wait, if you're talking about Jerry Anderson shows and you get into like uh, ultra marionation yeah. and hyper marionation and yeah. keep having to find new new ways of, of, of bigging it up. Um, there was a there DreamWorks was... film called Turbo. Uh, <laughs> he's, go- he's Googling Turbo now. Yeah, you know, it was um, about a load of snails. On a race. It's like Fast and Furious, but snails with Ryan Reynolds sure. doing the voice. Anyway, if, carry on. If I think of Turbo, I think of... I just think of... Uh, Turbo Man! <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I really springs to mind. Jingle all the way. Anyway. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a good film. Maybe we'll, maybe we're always running out of Christmas ideas. So maybe that'll be the next one. <laughs> there were also direct sequels to Street Fighter 2, uh, each with their own updates. So you had Street Fighter 3, uh, something of a reboot released in 1997 to Arcades and the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, episode 53 of Two Geeks, Two Beers. Um, Street Fighter 4, released in 2008. Uh, that oh, was wow. uh, re- released to Arcades, PS3, Xbox 360, Windows, iOS, and Android. Uh, and most recently, Street Fighter 5 uh, in 2016, which was released to Arcades, Windows PCs, and PS4. There were also spin-offs! Uh, oh, yeah. including... I was going to say, if it's, if it's, only, it's taken this long to get to Street Fighter V, I'm assuming in between that time there was lots of spin-offs. You, you assume correctly, because in 1995 you had Street Fighter Alpha, uh, the first all-new Street Fighter game produced by Capcom since the release of Street Fighter II in 1991. Uh, that was released to Arcades, PS1, Sega Saturn, and Game Boy Color, uh, which was itself followed by two sequels in 1996 and 1998. You also had 1996's Street Fighter EX, uh, the first game in a series to feature 3D polygon graphics that was released to Arcades and PS1. And then... Oh, you had Capcom's Versus series, which pitted Capcom characters against properties from other companies. Mm. Uh, this included Marvel vs. Capcom, which nice. kicked off with 1996's arcade release, X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Oh, wow. later ported to the Sega Saturn and PS1. I have such fond memories of, in the arcade, playing X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Wolverine versus Ryu. Like, I almost just dropped my trousers in the arcade and started... <laughs> Tugging myself off. It was incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Do you want me to leave that in? Um... Leave it in. Leave it in. Why not? I'm drunk now. I'll regret it later. Um... Street Fighter has also uh, famously, or in some cases infamously, why is it famously but infamously? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, it has expanded beyond the world of video games. Uh, Street Fighter has been influential in hip hop culture, as the video game. This is on Wikipedia, and again, like I, I feel like we need a, a Wikipedia equivalent mm. to IMD Beatable, because it just says it's the video game most frequently sampled and referenced in hip hop music, but no citation. Just someone just said that. Um, but apparently, it's referenced in lyrics by the likes of Nicki Minaj, Lupe Fiasco, and Dizzy Rascal. Uh, and the indie grind band Hadouken were also named yeah. after Ryu and Ken's special attack. Remember, remember Hadouken? Yeah, I remember them, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, there's been manga, comic series, board games. Uh, David Alloway shared a post to our Facebook page, in fact, of a very cool Street Fighter board game with awesome-looking figurines. So, uh, so check that out. Uh, and there have also been animated and live-action adaptations of Street Fighter. Uh, so in 1994, you had the anime film adaptation Street Fighter 2, the animated movie, which is brilliant. It's funny, it's brutal, it's amazing animation. Um, it was a hit at the Japanese box office as well. It became one of 1994's top five highest grossing films. Wow. Uh, it was supposed to hit theatres in its English dubbed format, but plans were scrapped in favour of a straight-to-video release, which is a real shame. The ultimate video game mega hit is now the ultimate incredibly animated motion picture. In the not-so-distant future, civilization is under attack. Leading the forces of darkness is the evil mastermind, Bison, who is determined to capture the minds and bodies of the world's greatest fighters for use in his manic plan to conquer the world. The only people on Earth with the powers to stop him are two legendary martial arts warriors. Together they face the fight to end all fights. The final battle of good against evil is about to begin. Full length, fully animated, full on street fighting action. This is no game. Fighter 2, the animated kick-ass movie only on manga video from October 2nd. Looks really good. The animation is really good. They didn't do enough, really, did they? Because with popular video games back then, it would make more sense to make cartoons out of them than do live action. Because mm. famously, and I'm sure you get onto the onto that in a minute, but it, it doesn't normally go to plan, live action versions of video games. But yeah, that looked really good. Really good. It is. It's really, really good. Really, a highly, it comes highly recommended. And I knew you would enjoy that trailer uh, because it features an instance of uh, the voiceover man saying, Warrior. <laughs> Warrior. Warrior. Uh, uh, so the animated movie later served as the basis for the game Street Fighter Alpha Warrior's Dreams in 1995 so sort of coming full circle uh, many elements and character designs were integrated into future games of the series the Street Fighter Alpha series in particular and the film's final battle um, is loosely adapted into Ryu's story in Street Fighter Alpha 3 from 1999 where Ryu's sub-boss is a brainwashed Ken whom he must defeat before facing Bison uh, there's also a line in this film that E Honda says to Ryu that me and my brother um, always used to quote at each other. Uh, and then one year for, I can't remember if it was birthday or Christmas, but one year he bought me E Honda and Ryu matching plush toys. Um, <laughs> w- w- watch the scene and, and you'll understand. You'll understand why. <laughs> hey man, half this money is yours. Money? Cash, my man. I might have lost a fight if you hadn't been around. <laughs> Here, keep it. Japanese fighters stick together. Cause we're brothers! <laughs> we always just used to enjoy saying, Cause we're brothers! Ah! Thought it was thought it was hilarious. Uh, so an IMD debatable fact, because it oh. wouldn't be uh, a two geeks two beers episode without one of those. Uh, in the US dub of the movie, the character Fei Long is voiced by Breaking Bad actor Brian Cranston. However, his name is not seen in the credits. His name is replaced by Phil Williams for voice, for voice actor union legalities. I don't even know what that means. But it's a classic, it's a classic IMDb bullshit fact. Like, it, it, it may be true, it may be false. But either way, there's no citation for it on IMDb. And yet, if you look at, like... Google Brian Cranston Street Fighter 2 and you'll find all these websites that have done like yeah. incredible facts you never knew about the Street Fighter animated movie and they all say that Brian Cranston voiced Fei Long and like did he did he though and you want to you like you'd bring it up one day if you had an interview with him or something and he'd be like <laughs> what what are you talking about <laughs> is it like it would be like um 
Jar- Jared Leto, who starred in the film uh, Urban Legend, and and famously, saw, like an interviewer asked him about being in the film Urban Legend, he was like. What? I wasn't in that film. And they're like, Yeah, you were. You were like the lead guy in this horror film, <laughs> Urban Legend. And he's like, Dude, I got, I got, I got no idea what, really? what you're talking about. But like, it's like, did he genuinely forget, or is he yeah. just being like Jared Leto about it and blocking it out? But like, I don't think, I don't think even if Brian Cranston did voice Fei Long in Street Fighter 2, the animated movie, I don't think he'd remember. <laughs> I don't think he'd remember. Um, it would be like you asking that that guy about Off Center. So if so we just su- suddenly ask Jason George. It'd be like, we just corner Brian Cranston one day and be like, did, did you voice Fei Long? Did you voice Fei Long in Street Fighter 2, the animated movie? Tell us, Brian. Um, the film also features a nude shower scene for Chun-Li, uh, initially cut from the US home video release, though later restored uh, on DVD release for all you perverts. Thank uh, God. So, uh, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie is available on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, highly recommended. Two geeks approved. Then, of course, there is uh, Street Fighter, the live-action movie, released in the same year, weirdly, um, as the animated movie, written and directed by Stephen E. D'Souza, the writer of Commando and Die Hard. Now, we know for a fact that he actually listened to our Die Hard episode. Uh, Hopefully he won't listen to this one. Uh, (laughs) Apparently he wrote the first draft of the script for Street Fighter in a single night, (laughs) and it shows. so, loosely inspired by the plot of Street Fighter 2, uh, the film focuses on the efforts of Colonel Guile, played by Jean-Claude Van Damme for some reason, uh, to bring down General M. Bison, played by Raul Julia of Adam's Family fame, uh, the military dictator and drug kingpin of Shadaloo City, aspires to conquer the world with an army of genetic super-soldiers, uh, Guile enlists the aid of Street Fighters Ryu, Byron Mann, and Ken. <laughs> I've I tried to copy and paste the actor's name, um, but 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 I messed up, and it just says Damien. I don't I don't know why I don't know what his last name was. Ken, played by Damien. Uh, anyway, Guile recruits Ryu. Damien Chap- Chapper, his name is Chapper. Thank you, thank yeah. you. That guy, Guile recruits Ryu and Ken anyway to infiltrate Bison's empire and help destroy it from within. Damien used to be used to be married to Natasha Henstridge, uh, Chapper. Well done. Well done. <laughs> After seven months of fighting, the civil war in Shadaloo may have reached the turning point. The capital has just fallen. In December 1994, the forces of freedom will face a power-mad dictator in a struggle for the fate of the world. to kick Bison's ass. I don't think so. You'll have to do better than that. Okay. Raul Julia in that clip, um, Mm. sort of channeling um, Christopher Lloyd in Roger Rabbit as... Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, Judge Judge Doom. Judge Doom. Genuinely, yeah. genuinely unsettling. Uh, so, other notables in the cast included Ming Na Wen uh, as Chun Li, uh, Grand L. Bush of Die Hard and License to Kill fame. He played Balrog, uh, oh, a, a, a two geeks' favourite. Let it go, Commander. No, I'm not going to forget about it. Um, did you? Do you know Tom, or did you spot in that trailer who plays Cammy? In yeah, Street Fighter. I did know that Kylie Minogue was in Street Fighter. I mean, that is just yeah. bonkers, isn't it? Uh, so Minogue was cast as Cammy as a result of the Australian Actors Guild wanting Stephen D'Souza uh, to hire an Australian actor. I'm not entirely sure why they got to say. Um, but Cap- Capcom apparently pushed for Jean-Claude Van Damme to play Guile. Uh, a hilarious miscasting, which provides one of the most unintentionally hilarious scenes in all of cinema. <laughs> Troopers, I just received new orders. Our superiors say the war is cancelled. We can all go home. Bison is getting paid off for his crimes. And our friends who have died here, 
will have died for nothing. But we can all go home. Meanwhile, ideals like peace, freedom, and justice, they get packed up. But we can all go home. Well, I'm not going home. I'm going to get on my boat, and I'm going up river, and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. Now, who wants to go home, and who wants to go with me? It's, it's not quite Independence Day or Braveheart, is it? It's... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Meant to be, meant to be like really super inspirational. Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme claims to have had a serious drug problem uh, while filming Street Fighter, doing uh, ten thousand dollars worth of cocaine a week. Uh, but he also claims to have had an affair with Kylie on set. So you know, come see, come see. You say he um, claims. Did she like say it didn't happen or what? I don't <laughs> think she's addressed it. If I'm honest, oh, okay. I think. I think she's busy. Um, this was the this was the era when um, Jean Claude Van Damme appeared in Friends, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, he's so hot!" Wasn't it? It was like the um, early early to mid nineties where he was thought of as a heartthrob. Mm. The, the muscles from Brussels and all that. <laughs> so the film was a commercial success. <laughs> Moving on, uh, <laughs> making three times its budget at the box office and doing well on home video. But it received negative reviews. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, critic Stephen Holden of the New York Times referred to the film as a dreary, overstuffed hodgepodge of poorly edited martial arts sequences and often unintelligible dialogue. Um, one of the few elements singled out for praise was Raoul Julia's performance as M. Bison. Uh, Julia said that he accepted the role of Bison because his children were huge fans of the video game series. Uh, but this was his final performance, final screen performance. Uh, he died of a stroke two months before the film's release, and the film is dedicated to his memory. Uh, Richard Harrington of the Washington Post said, the film was notable only for being the last film made by Raul Julia, an actor far too skilled for the demands of the evil warlord, General M. Bison, but far too professional to give anything less than his best. Uh, there was another Street Fighter live-action movie, uh, Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li released in mm. 2009 were you aware of this? no it starred Smallville's Kristen Crook as Chun-Li uh, Neil McDonough as M. Bison Michael Clark Duncan as Balrog and Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas as Vega <laughs> um, uh, it was a box office bomb uh, <sighs> making less than 13 million dollars I don't even know how that's possible <laughs> on a budget of 18 million uh, Leonard Moulton said the 1994 Street Fighter was one of the worst movies ever inspired by a video game yet this pointless and inept action vehicle makes its predecessor seem like Citizen Kane uh, so that was the last time we saw Street Fighter hit the big screen to date there have been a couple of live action web series uh, in 2014 and 2016 Street Fighter Assassin's Fist and Street Fighter Resurrection um, um, every time starring uh Mike Moe as uh, Ryu. Uh, he played uh, Bruce Lee most recently in Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, what I find funny is for this the first Street Fighter movie, they released mm. like a game version of the film. So even though... There's, the, the, there's, already, there's already a game version know, of the film. But like if... It, so they ended up doing like, um, yeah, another fighting game, but it was of the actors playing... The, the characters and then it, it just just looks ridiculous it just looks really silly so I, I would there's no point playing a clip because it's just obviously audio but highly recommend searching for it because it is it is odd it came out on the Sega Saturn um, and then Arcade as well but it was not a success put it that way <laughs> well uh, that is about it um, but before we sign off I wanted to share a message we received on Facebook uh, from one of our listeners Stu Mackay uh, about Street Fighter. Stu says, This game actually means a lot to me, as my brother bought me the Sega Mega Drive console with this game attached for Christmas, the year our mother died. Uh, I was 16 and he was 21. 
He was working, but I was still in school, and I couldn't believe how generous a gift it was. I think it was something like £120, which seemed like a fortune to me at the time. I can't remember what I got him in return, but I probably only spent about a tenner. We stayed up all night playing it, and I remember when we heard the milkman at about 6.30 in the morning, we thought we should maybe start thinking about going to bed. Uh, would really appreciate if you could manage to mention my brother Scott in this episode as a thank you from me. It really helped us bond at a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Stu, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Really, very much appreciated. Uh, so that is it. I'm going to get on my boat and I'm going to go up river. Um, and here's where you should go, uh, com. Nice. Where you can hear 90 plus episodes of this sort of nonsense. Uh, we're also on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Global Player, and all other good podcast outlets. Don't just listen, be an active participant. Post a rating, write a quick review. Yes, please do. And you can also get in touch with us. You can uh, get on all the social channels, which is at 2 Cast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on all those. Um, you can find us on YouTube as well. We're uploading all of the episodes. They're all up there now, so if you prefer listening to them on there or you find them easier to share, they're all on there as well. And you can get in touch via email, which is podcast at twogeeks2beers.com. So please get in touch for anything you would like. we much appreciate it. And we're also on Patreon, where you can sponsor the podcast, helping to fund our recording sessions, uh, our equipment. All your money goes directly back into making the show, and you'll get special bonus material, uh, exclusive Patreon-only episodes, outtakes, and depending on how much you donate, even a mini-episode or a full-length episode, that's exclusive to you. Uh, But that is it. So now, get loose. (laughs) This I can spell, bitch. gonna sit on my feet because I'm far too low down. Sit on, sit on your feet. Well, like, yeah, the well, like, like cross legged. Ki- yeah, because the kitchen worktop <laughs> is where I am. Do you, and it's, do it's, you need? Uh, do you need a cushion? I've because got a cushion. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on a cushion. Of course you, of course you have. <sighs> oh, he's a very small man. Uh. <laughs>